The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. Actually, the one-on-one -on -one time that, that I get with the kids. His wife is a nurse, so for the last three months, the hockey instructor has been home full-time with Paige and Rhett. So roles kind of transition when dad leaves the house now. Um, I'm usually the one getting the big hugs and kisses and, and don't leave. Or What do you always say when I leave the house? When are you going to be home? Many Canadian fathers have stepped into the role as primary caregiver during the pandemic, and new research suggests for many of them it's been a positive experience. In a Canadian Men's Health Foundation survey, 40% of respondents felt the lockdown has had a positive impact on their roles as fathers. 52% were more aware of their importance as a father, and 60% felt closer to their children. Laurel Gregory from Global News. Dr. Simon Treppel is a husband, he's a dad, he's a stepdad, and he's a child and adolescent psychiatrist, joins us every two weeks at this time on 680 CJOB. Doctor, have you been able to spend more time with your kids? I have, and just like the uh, person we just heard about, I love it. It's just really great to be around my kids more. I love being a dad, and, uh, and so yeah, I have had more time. And time is everything, isn't it? You, you can't buy love. You can't. It's all about time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and it's and what I think a lot of dads are realizing um, when they get to stay home a little bit longer is that they're actually learning how to be really good at these things that they, maybe they didn't think they'd be good at, or maybe they felt didn't have enough patience for, or things like that. So, just an anecdote of that father right before I started talking was talking about how much he was really enjoying these moments. And for dads, sometimes parenting is just watching them do something they just want to look back at you and see that you're looking and uh and i think i've had a lot more chance to do that just by spending more time i know when i was a dad and the children were young i'm still a dad i was gonna say when the children were young i made sure i was coaching all their teams in some form or capacity yeah. so that i would make every game but where i believe i failed was when the games were over when they were in their later teen years and I became uh, a lot more focused on the job and other things yeah. and less on family and less on them and didn't realize as they were going through their late teenage and early adult years that they need you and you being around them as much even if not more. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And I think similarly to what you talked about being the coach of all their teams, you're the coach. Um, they're, they're your star player for life. And so, and they're on a bunch of teams as well. They're on their school teams or their friend teams or their hobby teams. And so we have to recognize that just because they're not at the hockey game doesn't mean they're not, we don't need some coaching with friends. So we've got to keep those other themes alive. So yes, we're forced to go to the rink or go to the arena or the music recital every so often. And we show up that way, but we can also show up in our kids' lives um, in every day, just by asking about the other teams they're also on. And so uh, I encourage parents to do that. Is it important though, Simon, to not fall into the trap of, of quantity of time versus quality of time? Because we had a very unusual life, um, 
with my husband's work and he was gone sometimes months at a time in Europe. And that included when, when our son was small and we had people say, Oh, you're the father that's, that's never around. And I was like, well, hold your horses. Um, he's available and I can appreciate that FaceTime isn't necessarily the same, but he was still a very active parent helping mm-hmm. him study for tests, helping him do projects, just chatting with him, listening to him play music. And he was every bit as involved versus say a dad that was there every night and was yeah. watching TV and not interacting with his kids. Good point. You know, I, I just love how you clarify that. I think that's a really nice thing we have to talk about because there's many, many families where the parents don't have a lot of time, or maybe there's only a single parent who's struggling. So let me reiterate that more time of high quality is always better than less time of high quality. But if you don't have a lot of time, the quality of the interaction, how, how intimate it is, how much you're listening to your kids and validating, and just even sometimes reflecting back to them what they're saying to you, how, how powerful that can be. So I make sure on days that I don't have a lot of time that I, I tell my kids, hey, we're going to play for 20 minutes at this time today because I'm really, I'm really busy today, but I'm going to make sure that I, I, we make some time together because that's important. And I do that every single day for my kids. It may, sometimes it's only five minutes. Um, sometimes it's just a, a check-in before bedtime, but often it's much more than that, but you have to do that every single day. And I think it's really important that the quality is much more important than the quantity, but we were starting off with the theme of quantity. So more quality time with, with that dad is even better. How has it changed for you? And, and I think a lot of people, because you are in a blended family, and I think a lot of people yeah. think if, if you go into that situation, the step-parent, well, you have to be hands-off because you're not, quote-unquote, the dad. Uh, yeah. is, is that all about laying out the groundwork ahead of time with your partner? Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of these things where we're so happy uh, when we go through a, a breakup or separation or lose our partner to find someone else um, and have it work so well that, that, that we we don't always negotiate how it's going to work with our kids or how it's going to work together. But the more as co-parents uh, we do that, as step-parents we do that, the better it works for our blended families. But but I think it's all about consent. I think we have to realize that if you're a step-parent, you have to kind of ask to be invited sometimes into the parenting role as opposed to just immediately occupy it. And I think if you ask to sort of be invited in a way to say, hey, you know, what would your dad say about that kind of stuff? Or, or how would you, you know, th- that those kind of things – make it so that you're not threatening their, their parents or, or trying to compete with their, their parents as well. And I think uh, just being really respecting the people that aren't in the room with you uh, when, you're, when you're parenting someone else's biological children, but they're obviously also your children as well. But I'll be honest with you, as a stepdad, some days I feel like I'm doing a really great job as a, as a dad dad, um, and I realize we're just being semantic. Other days, though, I feel like I'm a substitute teacher, um, that I'm just not getting anything right, and, uh, and that's also the nature of it, um, especially when you have teenagers, because uh, the, the nature of the relationships get much more intense. You can't die on that hill all the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to gotta give in sometimes, and when you do that, you'll find your teenagers will give in more, more often as well. Dr. Simon Trappel is with us on 680 CJOB. Richard and Julie with you at 544. Uh, I used to laugh at the portrayals of dads in popular media. and Like leave it to beaver kind of stuff? Yeah, well, like uh, like the Simpsons and uh, yeah. like Family Guy. And now yeah. I think that in some cases, uh, a lot of fathers have grown into that role. And we are ridiculed at times. And I find myself fighting back against those stereotypes now because... A lot of us have really stepped up during COVID times. Yeah, I, you know what? Every generation, I just see that there's a better 
comfort level with talking about mental health. And I think when I think about my grandparents' generation to I think about my generation, how much it shifted and how much the roles of who we are, particularly in families. So the role of the dad has changed so much. And now dads are kind of also being asked, and, and they should be asked to have these emotional tender moments. That anecdote with that hockey dad uh, uh, before we started talking was saying his kids have shifted their emotional relationship to him instead of his mm-hmm. instead of the mother, and and dads need to know that dad needs to know that they're capable of these things. And for so long, you know, society has taught men that they're not capable really of, of emotional processing, and they'll be stubborn and rigid. And and Sasha Baron Cohen's brother Simon Baron Cohen actually famously in the University of Cambridge described autism spectrum as stereotypical male syndrome because he thought autistic people struggled in similar ways to males in general. So about having you know, difficult communication skills and other things like that, that that often are associated with autism. So men have gotten this stereotypical rap about being a bit Neanderthal for a very Homer Simpson doe for a very long time. But I think recently we're, we're really learning that the Renaissance dads are becoming much more popular and I think much more supported in society, particularly as we reexamine what gender roles are and just sort of how we show up in our families and our lives and particularly in our relationships with our kids. Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome when you hear the the young dads say something yeah. about, you know, somebody will say, oh, I'm looking after the kids. And he's like, no, you're parenting. You know, um, yeah. you're not babysitting, you're parenting, which I think is fantastic when you hear them say that. But there's a lot of families that maybe don't have that male role model in their in their children's lives for whatever reason, yeah. through a death or a separation or, or just a function of, of, of separation, whatever kind that is. How do you bring that that male role model into a kid's life or does it matter i would think it probably does yeah you know some of the studies that we've looked at in looking at kids who run into a lot of trouble as adults we find that they didn't have a single positive emotional attachment throughout their lives whether it was a male or female so we know with the very very basic we need at least one person on our side at least hearing our point of view so that we know that our take on life can be is valid in some ways. And that is really reassuring to us. We need at least one person. The gender of that person isn't really uh, ever specified necessarily, but I do know that when I work with people and I talk with teenagers for a living, I hear families where the dads aren't present. I hear there's a real need and longing for, uh, honestly, a, a gender-based, almost masculine type of role model of some kind. And typically, I see uh, some sort of attachment in a positive way to uh, to a, another mentor in their life, whether it's a coach or a teacher or a musician or things like that, or even an icon. And so uh, when we don't have that, the impact of a missing father in a lot of people's lives is a need to recapture a, a, some type of relationship with a male role role model where it feels like some of those needs are being met. And this is also when a lot of teenagers get into trouble as well, because this is when they can maybe seeking out um, male relationships, particularly teenage girls who are heterosexual, they can seek out male relationships with sometimes um, older guys. And this can almost be attempts to recapture this feeling like at least men who are older than me can still find me interesting in some way or, or, or valid in some way. And so we do see that happen sometimes. So there's, that's one example of how it can go, sort of um, into a danger zone, but there's many other positive examples of somebody rising to be the star of a sports team, for instance, because the the male coach is is such an inspirational, supportive person to them. And and they've been able to bridge that gap and fill in those attachment needs by just, by just sort of subletting out their attachment needs to other mentors in their life. And that's definitely capable. And every human being is, is capable of doing that if they're given access to great role models. Simon, happy father's day. Hey, yeah, you too. Thanks so much, Richard. We hope you get spoiled. Thanks so much. 
the news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.